Hello and welcome to Desert Island Games. I'm your host, John, aka GL76 Gaming. My guest today really needs no introduction, but he recently broke the 10,000 subscribers barrier, so most of you should know him, at least. He doesn't do walkthroughs, playthroughs, reviews, anything like that. It's just him playing the game badly, so we can see what it looks like. It is, of course, Steve Benway. Welcome, sir. Hello, John. Thank you for having me, and hello to everyone out there. Yes, thank you very much for uh, coming on. It's uh, very much an honour for me to have you on here on my humble show. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a normal bloke. <laughs> just, yeah, just just a normal geezer. So don't you know? Yeah. This is um, believe it or not, show number twenty of all Desert Island Games. It's been going Excellent. for a while. Yeah. You've been doing it a while. Yes, um, since. About October last year, but it really only started properly in January this year. So that's excellent. Yeah. Um, so, just to say, it's, it's a pleasure to be on here. Thank you. Yes, um, with a few brilliant guests, I've been quite lucky in that respect. A few guys on from YouTube land. Um, now, don't worry, I'm not going to be as wacky as Infected Funch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> oh, I see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for my for my invite for that show as well. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty uh, pretty far out there. I, I kind of it was fun, but I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, good fun. Yeah, I actually had Infected Flinch as a guest on Desert Island Games a few weeks ago, and he brought out a character called the Golden Skull, and I. I just was not prepared for it. <laughs> no, he, he's yeah. a, well, I'm not familiar with that one, but I mean, he, he's a character in himself, very much so. He sometimes pops up in some of his pickup videos unexpectedly, the same Golden Skull. <laughs> but of course, I hadn't seen this before. I've seen his recent um, Pump King thing, and that's, that's an interesting one. I'm thinking about doing a response to that. Yeah, me as well. <laughs> but his Golden Skull had uh, myself and... Harry Yak and Stitches. I literally could not talk. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, I was just going to ask you a couple of questions before we get into the games. Sure. Yes. Um, you probably haven't over this numerous times, but when did you start YouTube? YouTube? Um, 2007, I wow. opened my account, but I didn't really start doing the kind of videos you're used to until 2008. So yeah. there's about six years recording video game type videos. Before that, it was like me reading a children's book badly so you could hear what it sounded like. <laughs> um, and and videos of my dogs and cats. So it was a bit meh for about a year. And then I started doing the, the, the well, I showed a video of my collection and people said, show us your games. So I did, and I haven't stopped yet. Uh, I would assume you didn't think it would get as, as big as what it has got, like 10,000 subs? Not at all, no. I mean, that I was, I'd been getting like 20 or 30 people watching when I uploaded a video and thought, well, that's as, as far as it's going to go. And it was easy to get that many views then without any subscribers. You'd upload and people watched. And then I put up the one with my collection on it, and it just went mental, and um, and it just kind of never stopped from there. 
Yes, a lot of people tell me that numbers don't really matter, but that is nice, I suppose, isn't it, to with you? It is very nice. I mean, uh, I would say I don't count, but no, I really do. <laughs> I like the big numbers, and, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, I, I've, I would kind of like to get lots, massive, big numbers, but then I think there'd be an awful lot of pressure that goes with that as well, so it's like, uh, swings and roundabouts with that kind of thing, but I do keep looking and thinking, yeah, come on, just a few more. It must be quite hard to keep on top of the kind of correspondence. I had a little spell there for about when I went through a hundred, and I was getting, I was doing a, a one hundred sub competition, and I was getting all this feedback, and just keeping on top of that for a, a, few, a couple for a hundred is hard enough. Yeah, it's. Um, I've given up trying to reply to everything. I used mm. to do that. If anyone commented or anyone PM'd me, I replied to everything, and I can't do that anymore. So yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of arbitrary in what I respond to and what I don't. It's like, is someone asking me a question that interests me? If, if they are, I reply. And if it's like something, I don't know. If I don't know the answer to it, I'm like, no, I'm not going to Google it. That person could Google it themselves. <laughs> Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I, I answer to anything or, or I reply to anything that interests me, and a lot of people have a lot of interesting things to say, so it, it keeps me yeah. busy. Okay, and I see all these many consoles on your shelves behind you. Have you got a particular favourite? Uh, the one that's my favourite you can't see uh, is down there. It's my Amiga 1200 Tower. Probably, yeah, just because I built that one, um, it started out as a bog standard Amiga 1200 and then I just stuck lots of bits in it and around it and on it sort of grew into a bit of a monster. Ah. I loved the Amiga back in the day I had the Amiga 600, I never had a 1200. But... 600 was my first Amiga, I, I liked it. Yeah. My brother had a 500, uh, I went and got 600 when I, off my first student grant. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a 500 and I find it, well it's got that classic 500 problem of where the chips pop out of their sockets and you yeah. have to push them back in again and the sound on it is a bit, someone's not quite right with it. But 600 was my first one and I, I loved that and even though you don't have the, the the numeric keyboard thing at the end, I just thought it's Lovely design. Yeah, uh, you don't need the numeric keypad really. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I think I came across one or two games that could have used it, but meh. You know, there were plenty where it just didn't matter at all. So, uh, yeah, the smaller size and the the surface mounted chips and everything it just made it so much more reliable. It's a lovely little machine. Yeah. So, please come up soon, Blackpool. Are you looking forward to that? Oh yes, very much so. I'm driving there and kind of terrified at the prospect because I've not driven, I've, I've not done a lot of motorway driving and I've not driven there myself before. But uh, once I get there, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Are you staying on or are you driving back the same night? No, I've got a, I'm, I'm staying in a hotel, not the one, not, I'm not staying in Norbrecht Castle, which is a shame because I like that place. Uh, I'm in a hotel just sort of down the road from there. So Sundays apparently are quieter, so I kind of imagine Saturday we'll be chatting to people and not much games getting played and then Sunday hopefully I'll get to play on some stuff. Yeah. 
I won't be down till about just before two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. Coming up for Glasgow, it's like a five to seven train, and I, I believe they're actually putting a bus on for some bizarre reason. So it's going to be like oh. a five hour. Yeah, otherwise. That's a long. That's a long journey. Yeah. Yeah. we do for games. <laughs> Absolutely. And pubs. <coughs> Ah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get on with the show. It's basically a rip off of Desert Island Discs, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so instead of picking eight records, you get to pick eight retro games, basically. Oh, it's eight, is it? I picked ten. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I'm going to have to adjust that. I, I have a question before we get into that. Does yes. this island have internet access? <laughs> <laughs> it affects my answer. I do get asked these questions. <laughs> I don't really get a lot for. Um, if your picks involve internet connection, then we can assume that there is internet connection. Excellent. That's good then. <laughs> so, can you tell me your first game then? Okay. 3D Monster Maze on the Sinclair ZX81. Ah. 3D Monster Maze, a yeah. good old Spectrum game. So it, what is it about? It's not a Spectrum game. <laughs> it's, it. on, it's on the ZX81. My bad. <laughs> ah, that's pre-Spectrum. That's me showing myself up on my, my computer history already. Yeah, it's the uh, first time I played that was in 1982. Wow. And, uh, there was a lad who lived near, well, I went to school with him, and he said, I've got a computer at home, and I was like, let me see, and he, he invited me round, and I couldn't believe it. Just the, the whole. Have you have you have you played the game or seen it? I've not. No, I'm, that's right. I'm kind of. You may have to educate me on this one. I never had a favorite <laughs> one. So <laughs> it's um, it's first person view. It's very very blocky graphics because the ZX81 is. It, there's no high res. It's it's uber chunk, more chunky than the Atari 2600. It's uber chunky. And you're in first person in a maze, um, kind of like Doom-ish in, in the view that you get, or, or um, Wolfenstein. Mm -hmm. you, you walk down corridors, but it's, it's not smooth scrolling or anything like that. It's like you, you move in big chunks. And in that maze with you somewhere is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Only you can't see it until, well, basically, if you can see it, you're going to die. And you're just wandering around, and you score, basically, for how long you survive. And you just keep walking around this maze, and you'll get text messages popping up saying he's near you. You can hear breathing and stuff like that. And then you, you turn a corner, and there's this Tyrannosaurus halfway down a corridor, and it just comes towards you really well, quickly, given the machine it's running on, because ZX81s are not fast. Um, but it's that there's there's a tension to it that, for the time, and in fact, it's yeah. still it's still brilliant. Um, quite a unique game, and and a first-person game on a on a computer that's about as fast as an old pocket calculator. It was it was as really fast as that. <laughs> if you were lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's um, published by uh, J.K. Gray Software. Yeah. Have you ever done a playthrough of this one? I have, yes. Yeah. Um, and the novel thing with that, to do it, I displayed it on a Game Gear because I couldn't get it to display on my normal TV. 
and if I displayed it on a cathode ray tube, you got all of those lines and bars across the screen. And the only thing I had that would tune into it and, and display it without getting all the interference bars was on my Game Gear with the TV tuner. Um, mm. The image quality was pretty rough, but yeah. it, it worked. <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, it was never published or re-released for any, any other platforms. So that was No, no. The, the chap who made it mm. said that he tried to remake it for the Spectrum but the way Spectrum graphics work is different. And though they're more high resolution and you've got color and, and all that stuff on the Spectrum, it couldn't do the whatever the trick was he did that made that game work. So, yeah, it, it didn't work on, on the Spectrum, and I don't think he tried it on anything else. Yeah, the soft the, the artwork for the, for the cover looks very dated, like 70s style, even though it was 82, but... Yeah, it's hand-drawn, kind of brownish. Yeah. I've, I've got the original here somewhere, or an original. It's, uh, it's one of those, like, a lot of the stuff I do on, on the ZX81, I'll download a, a tap file and convert it to a WAV and play it off of a CD or something, but that's one of the ones I've got the original tape. Um, quite fortunate that it still plays, but they do seem to be quite rugged and reliable, a lot of tapes. Oh well, that's that's a good thing. There's, uh, there's a lot of software can only really last so long. So yeah, I'm, I find that um, a lot of tapes actually last better than a lot of floppy disks. Certainly Amiga floppy disks because they they wrote right out to the very edge of the disk, and they're, they're, a lot of the ones I've got just plain don't work anymore. But the tapes, I would say about three quarters, four fifths of the tapes I've got here still work, which is nice. I still find it amazing looking back how they how they put these things on tapes. It's bizarre. It, it was normal. It seemed entirely normal at the time. There was nothing. It just didn't seem weird. Cartridges at that time. I mean, the first thing I had was cartridge-based thing, and that was the Atari. But tapes seemed more normal, and cartridges were magic. It was like witchcraft or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember having a. My first computer was an Atari 65XE, and it was mm. a tape system, and you used to wait for at least half an hour for it to load up, and yeah. it would get to like 299 on the counter, then it would just stop, and you'd go, no! Yes, <laughs> I've, I've got a 65XE, and I've got to say, the tape-based computers I've got here, that's probably the slowest. Yeah. Commodore 64 is pretty slow, but the Atari is that way slow. I love my Atari 65XE looking back on it. I remember wrote a Commodore or a Spectrum or an Amstrad, but uh, open up my Christmas present and it was just Atari. And it really sounds ungrateful now looking back on it, but I was, uh, I was thinking, why is, why is it not a Spectrum? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a I mean, when they when they were designed, I mean, the 65XE is really it's a glorified Atari 400 or 800. I mean, they were they originally came out in 79, I think. So. Yeah. And they they were way ahead of their time, and they just sort of updated them a little bit up to the 65XE, and they were still, you know, five, I don't know, about ten years later, but they were still powerful for what they were. I think they were a great computer. Absolutely. I've got fond memories of um, Henry's House. <coughs> Excuse me, that was a good game. Um, there was one called Leaper. Played that. Yeah. Um... And there was a few. That's what got me into the 
adventure games, those um, text adventure games. Oh, <laughs> yes. That, uh, I love those. Cloth of Dagger, I think one of them was called. <laughs> the ones I'm more, uh, on the BBC and Electron, I played a few of them. They're fantastic for making videos of, because even though there's nothing to see, something about the way they're written, it just lends itself well to talking nonsense on a video. Have you ever done any 65XC videos? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got a playlist. It's full of them. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to go through that later <laughs> on. Cause yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite a lot in there. Because I'll be honest, I've only been doing YouTube seriously for about a year, so I probably only subscribed to you for the last seven, eight months or so. Yeah, you, you'll just be scraping the surface there of, of yeah. the videos I've done. So understandable, you won't know half of what I've done. Yeah, uh, there's quite a lot there. Well, over 1,300 videos, so yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember most of what's there. Yeah, you, you deleted a lot off as well, didn't you? Yeah, I deleted about 300, so I mean, it would have been, actually, I can't remember which I deleted now, but uh, it was the ones where YouTube was just being a bit funny with content ID and stuff, so I was like, don't need yeah. this, and took them all off. Okay, so we move on to the second game. Okay, Jetpack on the Sinclair Spectrum. Jetpack. Simply Jetpack, not... I've heard of something called Jetpack Willy or something. It's not that game, is it? No, no, oh. no, that, that's Jet, that Willy. No, Jet Willy, that's it. Yeah, no, I couldn't get on with that. No, Jetpack, it's, uh, it ran on the 16K Spectrum. It was the first game by... Oh, my God... Here we go. I've got a mental block now because they're, they're, <laughs> they are the company that is known now as Rare. Um, oh. Ultimate Play the Game, that's what they were called. Yeah. Um, they started out with this game on the 16K Spectrum and apparently the, the cassette that says Jetpack for the 16K Spectrum and not for the 16 or 48k spectrum is worth quite a bit of money or it's quite rare or something because most of them say 16 or 48k but anyway hmm. yeah it's um you've got a little guy who's got a jetpack on his back and he's he's landed in a spaceship and he's gone walk about and he's run out of fuel for in fact his spaceship's in bits isn't it and you've got to fly around from that there are platforms that you can land on pick up the bits of your spaceship and drop them in the corner and then fly around and pick up fuel and drop the fuel into the rocket. Yeah. And all the while there are little aliens whizzing around and trying to fly into you and kill you and generally be obnoxious and get in your way. And you can shoot them and you've got like this laser beam, kind of like you got on Defender. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of fun. Um, very simplistic. You can play it with a joystick or... It's actually more, I think it's more fun with the rubber keyboard on the Spectrum. Just a bit nostalgic because that's how I played it back then. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at a screenshot of it. It looks familiar. I think I've, I think I've seen that game before. It's, it's my favourite Spectrum game. I mean, I, I didn't have a Spectrum, but that's one of those games that, yeah, you say Spectrum game to me, I'm like Jetpack. It's just pure nostalgia. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it. one of my cousins had a Spectrum, and this is what made me want a Spectrum when I got my Atari. And that this may have been one of the games that he had because I definitely have seen this game before. 
I, I would be surprised if you'd not seen it at, uh, yeah. at some point. There is a sequel to it, um, Lunar Jetman, which I'm not really as familiar with. I've played it, and he's like he's got a I can't remember if he's got a buggy or something, or pulling a trailer along some something. I, I don't remember. And then there was another sequel, which was Solar Jetman on the NES, which yeah. I've never actually played, so I don't know what that's like. Yeah, in 1990 that came out, but the sales were disappointing, so they didn't run it out. Ah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good game or not, but Jetpack, highly recommended. Yes. Cool. Um, so we'll move on to game number three. Okie dokie. Half-Life 2. Ah, that's a lot more modern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on a PC, I would have to say. I've got it on the original Xbox, but it's like not really as crisp as you'd like. And um, I've got the orange box for the PS3, and uh, I can't control it. The frame rate's a bit iffy, but I find that game, I can't control it with the, with the joypad. I really need the keyboard and mouse. Yeah, a lot of games are like that. It's a better with the keyboard and mouse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it was only the second decent, high-quality first-person shooter I tried on a PC. I mean, the first one was um, the original Far Cry, and I mm. loved that. And then I, I sort of heard about Half-Life 2. I played, I played a demo of Half-Life on the PS2, and I didn't like it. Um, but I'd heard good things about Half-Life 2, and it, I think the thing that got me with it is the, it's the atmosphere. It's that sinister, menacing kind of the way the city looks and the, the, the stormtrooper kind of guys just wandering around and you can't understand what they're saying. But they're, they're just, yeah, it's very sinister. So you think you would spend a lot of time in a desert island game <coughs> getting lost in this game then? I think I would probably play it two or three times. Uh, if I was if I was on the island for the rest of my life, I'd probably get sick of it. But um, yeah, it's it's a game I like to lose myself in and just look at the scenery. Um, I don't know. I'd, it's got an amount of replayability. I mean, I, I've com it's one of the few games I've completed, and more than once I think, and I sort of. Uh, <coughs> completed it twice on the PC and started it on the Xbox and started it on the PS3 but um, yeah it's definitely one that I enjoy going back to yeah I think it was um, 2004 it came out something like that a piece for Windows yeah and then it came out the following year for Xbox it's by Sierra Entertainment one of my favourite publishers well when they used to do point and click yeah. 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 Oh. Uh, yes, I do remember them. I, I, yeah. I think I played a few of theirs. I've never actually into the point and click stuff, but I still played a few, and just yeah. to try them. Ah, uh, yeah, it's one of my favourite genres, is a point and click. They usually, I like uh, adventuring. I kind of like the idea, and then I try it, and it's like Monkey Island. I'm completely clueless. And yeah. I had a girlfriend many years back who, she had an Amiga and she was Simon the Sorcerer, that was what she played. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Um, I, I'd sit and watch and I, clueless, I had no idea what to do and couldn't figure them out at all. Yeah, you, you just end up trying every object with every other object. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
it seemed it seemed kind of pointless to me, so I, I didn't get into them. Yeah, I think it was the humor. I like the humor, especially in with Island, so that's what got me through it. And cheats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that they're, they're fun games to watch. I like watching other people play them, but not so much playing them myself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I play through Monk Island 1 and 2 quite frequently, probably once a year, sadly enough. Um, so, you know, I've done it that many times, I know it off by heart now. But, yeah. Um, I, I must confess, I would never have completed them back in the day if I hadn't got a guide. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, there are so many things that you have to solve, puzzles you have to solve in them, or just, you. I don't know how to think they're not they're completely mental. Yeah, take a bit of lateral thinking there. I think that's something I'm not good at. I'm, I'm very um, direct and to the point, and when it requires lateral thinking, I'm like, oh, this is stupid, and I go and play something else. Anyway, I'm getting off topic from your first-person shooter, yeah. Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else I can say about that, except it's just, I, I love it. I love the way it looks. And the, um, the those lion ants, there's something about them. I mean, when, when I found out, holy cow, I can control these things, you know, when they stop being your enemy and start being your friend, I thought, that's fantastic. The depth of the game. I'd never come across anything with that kind of depth before. So it impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. It won um, Game of the Year back, back when it was in its heyday. Doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it definitely deserves it. Anyway, we've on to, I think that was game number two, so we move on to game number three. Yeah, okie I think that was, we're on to game number four. Yeah, you're right, four, I, just, I was almost a bit correct myself. Yeah. Uh, game number four. <laughs> okay, Star Wars, the Atari Arcade cabinet, the sit-down cabinet as well. Ah, we need to, we need to get a helicopter to ship that into the desert. <laughs> yes, yes, and I... Two reasons for wanting the sit-down cabinet. One is it's just that much cooler, and mm. one is it will be that much cooler because you can sit in there and get out of the sun. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking outside the box. <laughs> yes, while sitting inside it, keeping out of the sun. Yes, yes at Star Wars. is. I remember the first time I saw it and thinking, what is this? It, I think initially I didn't even realise it was Star Wars. It was just like, hold on. Sit-down cabinets were new to me. I think it was the first one I ever saw. And then I realised, hold on, this is Star Wars, and you're in an X-Wing. And uh, <laughs> I was really into Star Wars. Yes. And, and X-Wings were just the coolest thing. So here was a game that let you fly an X-Wing down the trench and shoot TIE fighters. And that was as good as it got in my head. Um Star Wars as a concept was to me it was it was perfect, and then to be able to play it, um, ah, I can't even begin to explain. My my mind was boggled, and I wanted it. Uh, I can I can definitely relate to that. I'm a big, big Star Wars fan myself. So. Yeah, uh, hand shot first. <laughs> it has to be said. I I, I it makes me mad. What's been done to a uh, the, the revamped versions and whatnot, and having mm. hand shoot second, that's just wrong. Yeah, they shouldn't mess with it. Nope. But that, that cabinet, uh, it takes me back to an arcade I used to go to where there was roller skating 
in Milton Keynes, the Agora, anyone who's from Milton Keynes who's listening, I used to go to the Agora when they roller skated back in the day. And um, Did you have your leg warmers on and all that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did, but I didn't. No, it was, it was that era. And it, it, the dis, well, it wasn't disco music, or well, some of it kind of was. I mean, the, 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 the music they played, I still have some of it in my head when I think of that place. Pig bag, was it? Papa's got a brand new pig bag by pig bag or something like that, and they'd play that when everyone was speed skating, and when they did that, I was like, yeah, and I'd go roll into the arcade and play Star Wars. <laughs> what about uh, the Rocksteady Crew? That was kind of that era. Do you, do you remember that one? I'm, I, yes. <laughs> I can't remember a lot about it, but I do remember, hey, you, the Rocksteady Crew, show us what you do. Make a break, make, make a, a move, move or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, I didn't just say that, that was someone impersonating me, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I love 1983 music, that was, I was, I was, would have been about seven, so I would have just been coming aware of music, and yeah. when is it, 1983, so. My, my favourite music is from the 80s, but the slightly yeah. more edgy stuff, Gary Newman, um, oh, yeah. some Human League, some Depeche Mode, a uh, bit of Ultravox. Um, I love Ultravox. Yeah. Mid years from a, a town called Canvas Lang, which is the next town along from where I live. Uh, mm. yeah. yeah. I've tried listening to the Ultravox before mid year as well with John Fox, and I like John Fox's solo stuff, or at least his single underparts, but I can't quite get into the, the Ultravox where he was. Yeah. He was like the lead singer. It's, it's kind of it's harsh sounding. Yeah, I love. There's a song they do, and it's one of the first music videos I've ever seen, like, like a proper music video. They've done yeah, some no, called, uh, no, not that one, the uh, one called uh, Love's Great Adventure, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not sure, I'm not familiar with the um, with the video, but I know the song. The video is like, um, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like a mini movie, is the best way you can describe it, but it's, it's him, it starts off with him at the start. He's reading a comic, and then all of a sudden he's a character in the comic, and it becomes like a real life comic sort of thing. So. Yeah, <laughs> I've probably seen it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how we end up talking about <laughs> 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 Wars, but no, I mean. we stray, but that it was because of the it's the music, yeah. isn't it? It's the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that tends to happen a lot on this show. <laughs> it's cool. I, yeah, just for, for train of thought. It's all yeah. good. Did you get to go a lot of arcades to play this machine back in the day? Not many. Um, I mean, they had a couple of, of the Star Wars cabs in that arcade, because they had an arcade downstairs and another one upstairs, and they had one in both, if I remember rightly. I think they had a stand-up cabinet upstairs, mm. and they would have it in, like, fairgrounds, when the fairground would come to town, yeah. which was usually in winter. Usually they had one or two. The problem with it, very often... The um, the controller, that weird steering wheel come joystick thing, mm. they would get uncalibrated and you'd turn it and it would be laggy or it wouldn't point where you thought it was meant to be pointing mm. and half the fire buttons didn't work. So when they weren't maintained right, they, they would go from being brilliant to just being really aggravating because you couldn't hit anything. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to game number five. I'm keeping count now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Defender. 
defender, of course. For what s- system would that be? Uh, the arcade game. The arcade one. The, the arcade cabinet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with um, the only control, the only joystick control you had on that was up and down, and then you had everything else was buttons, and you had a button for thrust, mm-hmm. button to reverse. So whichever way you were going, if you wanted to turn around and go the other way, you had to hit another button, and you got a button for hyperspace and a button for smart bomb and a button to fire, and you needed a massive brain to comprehend and grasp all of that. It, it took a real hero to be able to play that. <laughs> well, I, mean, I wouldn't be able to play it then. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't good, I can tell you. I mean, I play it now. I've got it on, on loads of different systems, and like I, I play it on, on my Game Boy Advance, and it's great on that, and it's easy because you've got a D-pad, so all, all you've got to think about, up, down, left, and right, uh, easily controlled on the D-pad, so it's just smart smart bomb, hyperspace and fire and they're all the controls you have to worry about on you know on, on any of the modern consoles. You go back to the arcade machine and it's a totally different kettle of fish. Um, yeah. It's not a game you can just go along and play um, and last more than three seconds because I mean it's fast. You, 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 you move up and then you're like where's the thrust button and while you're looking for that you've died. You're going, you're going back even further in time. This was the 1980s. <laughs> 1980, this one was. Yeah, yeah, I'm showing my age. I'm, I'm 45, <laughs> so I was in my teens, I think, when I was, when I was playing that most. Probably, yeah, something like that. It's, uh, I'm old. I must say, it's good to meet somebody older than myself, because usually I feel like the old one uh, at 38. <laughs> There are only a couple of people in the YouTube community who I'm familiar with who, who are into the gaming and are older than me. But I'm not the oldest. I know a couple who are older. But it is, mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to remember, I mean, to be able to go all the way back to when it started, more or less. Um, yeah, I, I, I can go fairly far back as well, to be honest. Even though I'm a lot bit younger, I can still remember... If, if games from 1980 I could probably, probably remember no problem yeah the earlier stuff was still around I mean back then old arcade games they, they kept them in the arcades even when they were out there I mean, you could be playing Star Wars but you'd still find a Space Invaders machine you'd prob- yeah. I don't think you found Pong but you'd probably find Breakout so yeah it was possible to play the old games even a few years after they came out yeah, my dad brought home Pong one day, and I think that's my first computer game that we had in the house, Pong. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got two of them here. One's black and white, and one's colour, and both of them are kind of knackered. They're vinatone, mm. orange, plastic things. Passages in them are going because they, they shift. You try and um, tune the TV into them, and it will, but then they kind of it detunes, and you have to retune the telly again, and it's just all over the place, which is a mm. shame. Yeah, I've been playing it recent, fairly recently on the, the Atari collection for the PlayStation 2. Yes, yeah, over the games. You know, it's on on that because that's yeah. like proper original Atari Pong. The bats are yeah. tiny compared with, say, what you get on a home Pong game like like a Binotone yeah. or whatever. The bats are minute. Yeah, no, it's, it's and I done a gameplay of it and I get absolutely thrashed by the computer. 
Yeah, it is. It's really hard. But it, the, the trouble with it is, as well, it was designed to be played with a paddle. So you're sitting there trying to play it either with the D-pad or the analog joypad, and it doesn't really work. It's really yeah. hard to, to get that back where you want it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice collection, but yeah, it's, it doesn't substitute real fun, obviously. No. Some, some games you can do it. Some There are a lot of old games you can emulate them or play them on a modern console, and they're spot on. But some, if they had a fancy controller, you just can't quite get it right. I mean, Star Wars that we were just talking about, that's another one. You can play it on main, and it will be... What you see on the screen is perfect, but without that fancy controller, it's just not right. Yes, agreed. Okay, so I think we're up to game number six. Yep. Granted. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, you should let me miss count, that way you might get your your full set. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Karen. Yeah. Right, Gra- Grand Theft Auto Five. Ah. Yeah. This one I'm definitely familiar with. <laughs> yes, I, I love it. Um, I haven't completed it, because I spend far too much time just twatting about <laughs> is um yeah going up Mount Chalad and the like yes yes Try, trying to get up mountains on motorbikes and quad bikes <laughs> has been my thing it's like how high up there can I get in, in on this vehicle or in this vehicle crazy stuff and you get to the top of the mountain and then fling it off the top um yeah there are just so many daft things and have you found a helicopter on the top of that I don't know if it's a prison building. There's, there's a building with a, a helicopter, like a, a little bird gunship. Uh, I don't know if I found it, but I've came, because I've completed the game. I think you get a lot of money, so I've made, I think I bought one. Ah. <laughs> there is one sitting on a roof. It's completely unguarded. There's a ladder up to it and everything. And uh, I just every now and then I just drive to that building and go and nick the helicopter and blow stuff up. Oh, did you not make a gameplay of that? I think you made a gameplay of that helicopter. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, are you quite near the end then? or Not even no. close, no. Okay. I've been so uh, so tied up playing other stuff. Yeah. I find that with, with big games, with, with a storyline, I get so far and then I'm like, okay, I'll come back to that because I get distracted with something else. Um, and with Grand Theft Auto, I find I actually get distracted from the story by the game itself yeah just so much time playing around doing silly stuff that i i don't even see half the story but i do i keep planning to go back to that but i think we're on a desert island games with a story i mean the only other one i've I've picked there with the story is half-life 2 and there is a danger you know if i'm going to be on that island for years could reach the end of it and then get bored, but you don't have that with Half-Life, uh, with, with Grand Theft Auto, because like, even if you finish the story, you can still prat about in this giant big world and do whatever you like. Um, yeah. there's, there's a thing I used to do where um, I'd go out, and this was on Grand Theft Auto 4, but I think it, it worked just as well on here, I'd just walk into a city or whatever and just stand there and watch the people walking by and listen to them talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the detail they put into this game is just mind-blowing, really, when you think about it. Yeah, very. I, I wish there was a little bit more interactivity <laughs> with those computer characters, you know, where if you sort of stand next to them and you stand too close, they get sort of agitated, like, what, what are you doing? Get away from me and stuff, where you, you want to have a chat with them, but they won't. 
Yeah, they sort of touched on that a little bit in San Andreas, where you could press the left or right button to interact with them in San yeah. Andreas. Yeah. Yeah, I, t- I tried that. I didn't really do very well. I usually ended up fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's always the inevitable conclusion. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah Grand Theft Auto 5. I mean, I completed it, so I won't spoil it for you, obviously. No reason, right. no reason I managed to complete it, really, is when it came out, I was off work. I broke my arm. Ah. And uh, I was off work for eight weeks, so I had the time. You, you, I didn't have both hands free. <laughs> but, uh, that was awkward. Yeah, well, I propped my left arm up with um, about five pillars. Yeah. And held half the controller in that hand, and uh, you know, you manage. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's dedication, that is. Yeah. Don't tell my employer that. If you write to play games, you might come into your work. Yeah. No, no, no. Hope they won't be listening. Mm. No, not. They don't know how to do this. So no. They're not going on. <laughs> no. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five. It's brilliant. I, I love the the way you can switch between three characters as well. Yeah, I'm still getting used to that part mm. of it. I've only just got the um the guy who's a pilot, the the real crazy guy. Trevor. Yeah. yeah. I've I just got him. Yeah. It's uh, it shows how long it is. It's been a couple of months since I played it. I can't remember their names, but uh, yeah, he, he's he's a bit crazy, and I've just been like hooning around with him in a plane and um, flying under bridges and stuff. Yeah, I've not got much beyond that, but yeah, I find it. Initially, I thought mm, multiple characters. I'm not going to like that, but I actually do. It's it's it kind of it changes the mood and and the way you play it and all of that. But it works, and that was pleasing. So I thought it might not. Um, I was quite shocked actually when Trevor was introduced. The, the first um, story for Trevor when he, well, I shouldn't really say in case I spoil it for, but um, let's just say he comes across a character from a previous Grand Theft Auto game. Ah. Uh, Johnny Baker guy. I was a bit shocked with that storyline. I don't think I played that. That would be. Would that be? Um, it's the uh, Lost and Damned. It's, um, downloadable content for the Grand Theft Auto Four. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've not played that, so I don't. I don't even know that character. Mm. Uh, well, for people that have played that game, to see what you see, it would have been quite shocking. But yeah. Quite. It's, it's kind of surprising they don't actually bring other aspects of the other Grand Theft Auto sort of all together, because it's kind of all in the same world. It's, yeah. Uh, why they don't do that? Well, they did it in um, San Andreas. They had um, the guy from Grand Theft Auto 3 in that. Um, uh, what San Andreas was the first one I played, so it was like, mm-hmm. what came before that, I'm, I'm fairly oblivious to. Though I, I keep wanting to get, um, oh God, what was it? The one set in the 80s. Oh, they say. Yeah, I just want that for the music. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, sitting I used, in the car and listen to the radio. Yeah, I used to just, um, like, if I was doing something else, I would maybe just put, put that on my PS2 and put radio on and watch it that way I was doing something else. Yeah, I do that. I, I mean, I, I think half the time I spent playing San Andreas, I was just parked up with the talk radio channel on because it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I'll move on to game number seven because now you've got me in one of my special subjects, I might not stop. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's seven, isn't it? it? Yeah, we're on to number seven, yeah. What? Gran Turismo 4. <laughs> Gran Turismo 4. Ah. Oh, yeah. That'll surprise a few people because they'll be thinking I'm going to say six. Or well, I asked a question on your live stream. asked what your favourite Gran Turismo was and I think you said three. Three, yes. Yeah. And the reason I say four is because mm. I haven't finished it. <laughs> and it's big. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, well, if I'm going to be on an island, I'm going to spend a lot of time playing it. So, yeah, I, I got a certain distance into this, and then I met my now wife, and I didn't get the time to play it, and I never finished it. I probably only, I don't know if I even got halfway through. And it's just, of the Gran Turismos, it's probably the biggest. Yeah. Um, there's a course in that that's only ever appeared on that particular game, and it's never appeared in any subsequent games and I loved it it was the Hong Kong course yeah oh god that one's evil oh I, I struggle yeah. with that course yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like it though even though it's evil there was, there was another <laughs> one wasn't there was it Malaysia or or, or Korea or somewhere there, there was another one in the far eastern circuit with so, like, so? That, that might be it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there, there are a few on that mm. certainly those two That it had some really really pre- and, and the Grand Canyon as well yeah yeah, it was. It just seemed bigger than anything that they've done since. And the graphics on it, I mean, it was a step up from Gran Turismo 3. That they were sort of, yeah. sort of simulating high dynamic range without actually having the hardware to do it. And it, it worked. I think because it was the kind of the swan song on the PS2, they just went all out, didn't they? Yeah, they, they absolutely pushed it to the limit. Yeah. Um, I just think, hmm, I, I like Gran Turismo 5, but it's, it's um, well, it wasn't big enough. And Gran Turismo Six, I'm finding the difficulty that the, the balance on it is a little bit off. I'm sort of I'm getting to races where I'm stuck, or I just it doesn't matter how hard I try, I can't beat them. Yeah. And it, it's not quite right. Where Gran Turismo Four is is still spot on. It's still how I like it. And yeah, yeah it is that big. I think if I was going to be stuck on an island. That would be the one I go for, and it still looks great. I mean, yeah. Gran Turismo one and two are, are, are a little bit ropey now because of the, the age, but I think four it still looks good. Yeah, I, I would say four is probably probably my favourite if I had to choose. There's actually a PSP version. It's not called Gran Turismo Four for the PSP. It's just called Gran Turismo, but it's basically based on Gran Turismo Four. It's got all the same courses and yeah, I've got it. <laughs> Yes, I like, I, but it's it lacks the career mode. Yeah, that, that was a big problem. Yeah, yeah, I sort of get it in that it was meant to be played in like little short snippets while you're out and you just make your own objectives and stuff. But in the end, I just felt shortchanged by it. Yeah. A while. At first, I didn't. At first, I thought, no, that's fine. But going back to it now, I'm like, no, it really isn't. It couldn't have been that hard to just stick in a, a Sunday cup or a club and cup and it, you know, it could, it could have done that. Yeah, yeah, I think they should have. It was a bit of a... I, I think the problem was they don't seem to have a lot of people working for them. I mean, I might be wrong, but they take forever in everything that they do. And I just wonder if they were putting in so much effort onto the PS3 games that the PSP was just like, oh, we'll just, you know, quick yeah. rush job and, and, and move on. 
Yeah, because they would have known that it would sell. For PSP. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they haven't done one for the for the for the Vita. It's like. Oh, I hope they do. Ooh. It's it's been out a couple of years now, hasn't it? And they still haven't done one. And I've not even read any talk of them doing mm. one. No, I mean either. It's, I'm quite disappointed in the PSP. I got it on launch and. I, Honestly, the only games I've got for it are PSP downloaded. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I'm a big PlayStation fan. Have been since the very first one. And when the PSP came out, I thought brilliant. And I quickly realised actually this doesn't really work for me. It's too big, and the kind of games on it don't really suit me. But Mm. Gran Turismo was where I got it because I wanted to play Gran Turismo while I was out and about. Yeah. But if they don't do a Gran Turismo for the Vita, I won't ever get one, I don't think, because that's it's the only reason to own a PlayStation, really. If, if it wasn't for Gran Turismo, I would probably not be so... Um, such a PlayStation fanboy, I guess. I, I can, it, yeah. wouldn't be, it wouldn't be unfair to say I'm a bit of a fanboy for the Sony machines, but it's all about Gran Turismo. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. I'd I, I kind of crossed over to the dark side for a while and got an Xbox 360, and I sold my PS3 at the time. Oh, I, I got it back. <laughs> I got it back when Grand uh, Gran Turismo Five came out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just I, I kind of got into the Forza series, and I didn't like the first few, but um, after Forza Four and the Forza Horizon, I thought they were fantastic games. I've I've only ever played the first one on the original Xbox, and it didn't really do it for me. But I imagine if I played them. You know, on, on a 360 or a Xbox, I would probably enjoy it, but it's like, I've got Gran Turismo, I don't see a reason to. Yeah. Well, Forza Horizon, for me, blew Gran Turismo 5 out of the water. Although it's a different kind of game. Forza Horizon's kind of based in road, uh, roads, obviously, but you know, like um, like a city kind of set up. Yeah. And I don't know I like those style racing games, but this one's done really well. Hmm. I don't know where they, I mean, probably that they've taken a different path is a good thing because Gran Turismo is getting to the point where it's like, yeah, seen that, done that. And they make slightly better physics and slightly better graphics. But I never would have thought I would want them to change and do something different. But it is reaching a point where I think, yeah, they need to do something. But I don't know what. And I think if they actually did go and do it different, I'd be sitting there thinking, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a lot to do something different and you don't like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grand Turismo 4, um, you probably are aware of this, but the, I, I went pretty early on in that. You could do one of the, um, ra- the rally races and you can sell your cars. You, you think it's just two, a two-part race and you can sell your car for like 500,000 credits and you can just keep on doing it and doing it and building up your money. I didn't know that. And what's it called again? It's, it's. I think it's on the special events, and it's the second one on the special events. And you just do the the normal course and the reverse course, and you won the car, and you can just keep on doing it over and over again and get money. I'll have to look into oh. that. I know oh. that at a certain point, after a certain date, there are these black cars that you can get. You win them or something or other. If you've you've, yeah. you've achieved a certain amount, you you get these black cars that are. Well, I believe they're meant to be like uber fast or something. I never, 
I never got mm. far enough to try and get them. That was that was one of my goals before I stopped playing. <laughs> okay, um, I think we're on to the last game. Yes, number one, and this is why we need the internet connectivity. Ah. Battlefield Three. Ah, a classic. Well, yes. a, a recent classic. <laughs> uh, stuff the campaign mode. Um, absolutely, don't even bother with that. I've, I've played the campaign mode once, um, but I didn't buy it for the campaign mode. But the online, I would say all of the modes, but no, I, I like the capture the flag, and I like the um, rush mode. Don't really like the, um, oh, what do they call it, it's a free-for-all thing, team Team deathmatch, not so much, because that really relies on just killing people where I'm not actually very good at that. Mm-hmm. And to try and capture the flag or, or blow up the, the node things in rush mode. It's, it's funny because my wife watches me play it and she says, don't you get bored of that? You just do the same thing over and over and <laughs> over. It's just like spawn die, spawn die, spawn die, and the maps are always the same and the objectives are always the same. Yeah. Why isn't it boring? And I, I don't see it being the same. To me, it's like it's always different because the players aren't computer controlled and there's a level of intelligence or in some cases a lack of it. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be me. <laughs> it would be me as well. You you can tell who's... If you were, apart from the fact of my, my screen name, you would recognise, if you saw someone just standing there for a moment looking around, <laughs> then because he's like being shot in the head for standing still too long, that would be me. I'm enjoying the scenery. <laughs> Have you ever? Have, this is a bit off topic, but I'm going somewhere with this. Have you ever, have you ever seen that episode of Family Guy where Peter Griffin's playing um, uh, Call of Duty? I don't know. I might have. It shows Peter Griffin. He, buy, he buys Chris and Meg an Xbox because he had to make it up to him for being a bad dad or something. Mm. And it shows you him playing it, um, Call of Duty later on in the episode. <laughs> it's, 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 he's got a headset and all that on. You, you can hear his voice going. What button do I press here? <laughs> 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 oh, 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 grenade, and then he blows, blows all his team up and stuff. Yeah. That that would be me. <laughs> I think I wouldn't be far from that. <laughs> yeah. The thing I like about playing it on the PS3 is it doesn't have all the all the screaming, abusive pillocks, basically, with the microphones and everything. It, it doesn't have the um, in-game right. chat. Yeah. And, it kind of maybe limits your your ability to play as a team, but the lack of abuse I think is great. So you can play and be a complete div, a total noob, and you won't get abuse held at you, or at least not that you can hear. <laughs> yeah, somebody across the pond shouting at you, but you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, I think on the PS3, it's like the people who are on your squad, if you've got a mic, you can talk to them if you play in a squad, which I usually do. I don't have a clue who I'm playing with and, and I don't play... I'm off on my own. So I stay in the squad because you get points if they spawn next to you. <laughs> I used to... I, I don't play a lot of these games online, but I used to play Call of Duty online. Only reason being that a, a friend of mine from my work and that's the only game he ever played was Call of Duty. So if I wanted to go on and play with him, I had to by this bloody game, yeah, and, and we used to be about kind of in the same team and things like that. But we were always the bottom two scorers. <laughs> I think I'm one of the only people who bought the Call of Duty games 
to play in campaign mode and not online. I, I can't get on with them online at all. It's like I'm, I'm dead the moment I've spawned, but I like the story modes, for short as they are. Yeah. So well, I found my, my Call of Duty... What is it? Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, the first Modern Warfare. I can't play it now. I don't know if it's because of... Um, what's the name? GameSpy have shut down or whatever, but I tried to play it recently, and it won't. And mm. I don't know why. Oh, I wouldn't know. Yeah, they may have shut it down. We'll have to research yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. The, the only game I've really played online like that is not, nothing like it, but, you know, playing it online and playing deathmatches and things like that is um, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I, I've not found... I've, I've played it online once, yeah. and there weren't many people. There were about three people, and we were in Mexico. Yeah. And it's just like, ride around for half an hour, there's a person, bang, whoops, I'm dead, they shot me. And I, I, I don't think I've played the online thing again after that. Is that um, PlayStation? Yeah, PS3, yeah. Well, there might be different. Well, I, I had that for Xbox 360, and there was always quite a lot of people on. Uh, there yeah. probably is. I don't know, maybe the PlayStation 1 players aren't just aren't going online. They certainly weren't <laughs> while I was trying to play it. <laughs> It didn't really bother me because I was just really into the... Well, I was really into the story mode. I'd, I'd reached Mexico, mm. and then it just seemed like more of the same. So I'd loved it and loved it and loved it and played it and played it and played it. And then it was like, okay, this is getting boring now. Got to Mexico, and it was all very... It was more of the same, and then I gave up. It's got, but, a, fanta it's got a fantastic ending. You should, you should I, get to it. It's brilliant. Yeah. I, I was I was given the um I was given another version I was given the one with the zombie add-on oh, thing and yeah. I haven't I need to I need to give that a proper go yeah I like zombies yeah I I got that the zombie version of it just as I was getting into like the Walking Dead program so I was kind of big up my zombie enjoy my zombies at time enemy so that's yeah. kind of was brilliant love the Walking Dead been watching that since well right from the start yeah it's on a program that myself and my wife actually sit down to get on watch it's a lot of her programmers are just like yeah. <laughs> she watches things about Amish people and stuff <laughs> yeah so what's the pro so what's the program called um, Breaking Amish <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I'm, I think I'm very lucky my wife and I have similar taste yeah. similar taste in TV the stuff we watch so we watch The Walking Dead and we watch Breaking Bad and we watch, um, watch a bit of Law and Order SVU, which is more her thing, but I, I'll sit down and watch it as well. Mm. Um, quite a lot of stuff. I, I told my wife I'm going to make a Scottish version of Breaking Amish, and I'm going to call it Breaking Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be something. <laughs> it basically it's just one of these you know one of these reality shows, but these kind of late teen people. Uh, that have been brought off as Amish and they've got to the big city to find themselves and all this. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I, I don't watch reality shows. I, can't. I just want them unbearable. See, I was on Jodie Shore. See, I was all that. <laughs> can't watch that. I've, I've, got a, I've got a stepdaughter who watches those kind of things. And uh, I just, I have to leave the group. Yeah, whenever my wife watches these things, I just put my headphones on and watch YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good plan. Yeah.
Um, yeah. Oh, that's always got, just one more thing I was going to say about Red Dead Redemption while we were on the subject. Um, one of my favourite mods in that was um, you could you had to have the zombie version for this, but you could go online and play poker against the uh, and liars dice. You could play against uh, people online at that. That's cool. Yeah. I used to play. I played poker on um on my Amiga. I've got a really good poker game on there, and it's, it's good because it knows how to play. <laughs> In the real world, I, I I don't know how to play poker or what the rules are, but because it knows, I sit there and play, and that was fun. Oh, well, <laughs> that was your eight games already. Yep. Eight great choices. It happens quite a lot when I do these shows, and a lot of people I get varied tastes, so I don't always know the games that you're picking. But yeah, and and sometimes you get an old kid who's played games from before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> Not very often. <laughs> usually, usually I'm the older statesman, so <laughs> yeah. refreshing. But there's a couple of more things to be picked. Yes. Um, <laughs> you'll laugh at this, but usually when I do this. Have you ever listened to Desert Island Discs? Um, I may have many years ago. So usually when they're doing this, they say, right, we'll give you a copy of the Bible, uh, that's yours, you get uh, the complete works of Shakespeare. So I, I changed mine to the complete works of Steve Benway. I thought it's the best thing I could think of at the time. So I can't really give you the complete works of yourself. <laughs> No, that's a shame. <laughs> you can have it if you want. <laughs> I think I've got it. <laughs> I'll give you the complete works of Harry Yak. There you go. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I do like his videos. He's good. He's got this very singular sense of humour that you just don't get anywhere else. It is, yeah. It can't be replicated. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you get to pick one book and one watch for item. So we'll pick. We'll go for your book first. Okay. You see, I'm I'm torn here. I don't know whether to be practical or not. And these are actually books that I've got. Um, I, I thought, okay, if I'm going to be practical, I'm on an island. I've got this Collins Pocket Gems SAS Survival Guide. And it teaches you or shows you everything you need to know in a survival situation, like what plants you can eat, what's poisonous, what's edible, how to snare animals, how to gut and skin them and cook them, uh, how to set traps, how to set bones if you're broken. You, you, basically, any survival situation you might come across, it tells you how to deal with it. Mm. Uh, it's a tiny little thing that would fit in your pocket, and I think that would be a good book to have. But mm. it's not... It's not an interesting read. Like, yeah. It's informative and useful, but if you're bored, it's not really the one to go for. So I was like, Reader's Digest, History of the World, and it's massive, and I like history. Um, yeah. So I was like, yeah, if I wanted to spend some time, I'd, I'd go for that. But it's like, how dangerous is this island? <laughs> I don't... Has he got a hospital and a, and a McDonald's? <laughs> I'm not really what this for him. It's a it's a hypothetical island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think one, but you know what I mean. The same. I, I think for the sake of staying alive, I would go for the SAS survival guide, because um, I, I suppose it's all very well being interested and entertained by a really good 
book and that history of the world is really good and interesting. But if you've just been like gored by a wild trying to hunt, mm-hmm. the, the history of the world isn't really going to help you. I suppose on this island you don't need an entertaining book as much as you would need it if you were on Desert Island Discs because in Desert Island Discs you're just listening to music so you would need the book but with this you'll get games to entertain yourself so yeah that's yeah. a good point yeah yeah. yeah. SAS Survival Guide is and I think you can still get it actually it's, uh, it's yeah I'm, looking, I'm actually I've got it here on um, Amazon <laughs> and it, Amazon pay pay um What's your commission? That's it, damn it. <laughs> they need to pay commission. You get it two, two quid off of Amazon. Is it? That? Wow. I think I paid seven for it from, uh, I don't know what the bookshop was, many years ago. Oh, so you've actually got the book. <laughs> I've got the book, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I, I've never needed it. It's in my, I keep it in my car. I did a video of it on my um, Benway's World channel. I have a survival tin that I keep in my car, should I... It's not so much for, like, if aliens invade or zombies take over the world or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, should I break down somewhere? And it's, You never know what's going to happen. And I've got this tin full of stuff. Like, you know, the most peculiar thing to have in there is a pair of artery forceps, but there you are, you never know. <laughs> that would be handy, because um, my dad broke down... He didn't break down. He got stuck in the, the snow, you know... Um, but probably about 2011 December we had really bad snow but we had up here anyway and everything came to a standstill I had to stay in a hotel I couldn't go home from work mm. and then my dad got stuck in the snow and then a little place called East Bride mm. and he was in that car for about 8 hours so he could have done with that yes yes I'm um, stuff I've got stashed in that car now I keep adding to it I mean there's a, there's a tent in there now <laughs> which I don't know I mean if you're in the car I think it would be better to stay in the car than go out and stay in the tent but you you know um, zombies take over and your car burns or something who knows it's, it's all it's useful stuff to have excellent okay and the uh, luxury item Roland MC303 it's a keyboard? Kind of, yes. Yeah. It's, they call it a groove box. It's, right. um, it's a, a sound source, sequencer and drum machine and everything all rolled into one. Um, it's from, they made it in the late 90s or something. Uh, or early 90s even, I'm not sure. And it's, I've made music. I had, I had videos of music. In fact, I've still got videos of music on my YouTube channel, but they're set to private at the moment. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's a lovely piece of kit, and mostly I just, I sit there, I push a few buttons, I twiddle a few knobs, and it sounds good, and I don't know what I'm doing, but it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I was going to say, I didn't know you were musical, but judging from what you've just said, uh, maybe you're not. Are you musical? Uh, yes and no. Um, I'm not a musician, or in no, by no means a skilled musician, but I am able to make music with various bits of technology and whatever. Like, I can I can make that Roland by pushing the buttons and twiddling the knobs and stuff. I can get music to come out of it and, and like, with recording stuff and a bit of trickery here and there. More of a producer than a musician. Right, yeah. Right. I've got a guitar as well, and I used to be able to play guitar many years ago, but it's, like, so long since I played, I, was, the skill has left me. I wouldn't say I was ever good. Uh, <laughs> I've tried to learn guitar, but I've got one, but I don't know how to play it. 
Yeah. I've, I've got a guitar and I've got a really nice effects processor. So mm. it's like the idea is I'll, I'll get the Roland making a nice loop of some sort and then I'll just make some really nice noises with the guitar and if I'm lucky they'll be in key. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to tune it. Uh, that's what the iPhone is for. <laughs> there's, there's a little app you can get that um, twang the guitar and it will tell you if it's in tune or not and you just tweak it until it's in tune. So it's like it doesn't even matter if you're tone deaf. I might just do my guitar over the weekend and give that a bash. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Technology, wonderful. Love it. Yeah, I love technology. What was it I was doing yesterday on, on an app? Um, oh yeah, you can... I've, I've figured out how to do a video capture on my iPad. <laughs> oh, right. Um, yeah. And plus, with this bit of software, I could get my wife got a new phone yesterday, a new iPhone, and she was asking me how to do stuff. So I went, I told her to go on air, airdrop and, and press a button, whatever, and I could get it up on my screen so I could see it better. So that was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> Technology is amazing. I, I keep trying to introduce my mother-in-law to various aspects of, of technology. She's 85, and she knows that there are like lots of really, really clever things, and she doesn't understand them. And I was showing her my iPhone. Yeah. It's like she knew it was a phone. <laughs> she knew it would go on the internet because I kept, you know, I'd look things up and, and like find a phone number for her and stuff like that. Just oh, isn't modern technology great? And then I showed her that it played music. Like, oh, and then I showed her that it would play a video. I, I, I put some films on it, and her jaw dropped. And then she's sort of sitting there, just pondering it. And I turned it around and took a photo of her, and then turned it around and showed her the photo. And she just seemed completely bemused, like, "Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's you. Yeah. But how is? How am I in that?" And I just. Yeah. It's amusing. I, I didn't expect that kind of reaction, but yeah, yeah. Oh, my, my wife's granny was similar. She was uh, when she was a bit older. She was ninety two, ninety three, I think. So mm -hmm. but I remember my wife showing her all these things as well, and she was like, "Oh, I don't know how you do that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Technology is wonderful. We are quite um, blessed to be brought up in in this kind of yeah era, I think. I wonder at what point will it get ahead of us so that we're like, it's like music. I stopped keeping up to date with music by about the 90s. It's like everything I listen to is old now, more, most of it. Me too. I, I, I kind of think it will be that way with technology and we'll reach a point where it will just keep steaming on ahead of us and, and we'll get yeah. left behind. And I wonder what sort of stuff that will be that we're going to miss out on. Well, I've seen something already that's got me... Thinking that's just too much. 3D printing. Oh, Have you seen this? 3D printing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. <laughs> I just, oh, I don't know. I just, I think I can't get my head around how that actually works. <laughs> it's um, just imagine dropping blobs of plastic onto a surface and building it up. It's, it's just, it's like an inkjet, but it's, it's like a plastic jet. There was a guy on. Do you watch them um, click on BBC? Once or twice, yeah. uh, not regularly. There was a guy on that that made a gun, a 3D printed gun. I've heard about that, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know how reliable that would be or how safe. I suppose it would have to have some metal parts, I mean, like the barrel or something, because yeah. it just blow up. I can't quite remember how they did it, but yeah, it's just bizarre. Mm. The thing I'm fascinated in, and I, I wonder where it's going to go, is the virtual reality with, with uh, like the Oculus Rift and that, and whatever the thing is that, that Sony are doing. I would, I, I would I, love I to think... Oh, sorry. <laughs> go on. <laughs> I'd love to think it would get to the stage where it would be like in Red Dwarf, you know, better than life. <laughs> yes, yes. So you can't tell the difference. And yeah. It would just... But I, I can't remember, was it a film I saw or a book I read or something where everyone was just living in virtual reality and their bodies were were just atrophying. They were, I mean, it's kind of like um, The Matrix. But yeah. I wonder. I don't know. I could see the appeal of staying in virtual reality because, you know, life can be a bit crappy and for some people more than others and yeah. I don't know how healthy that would be. But then, I mean, there was that thing in the news recently, a, a disabled woman was able to see the outside world through an Oculus Rift. I've seen that, yes, yes. I've not read the whole story, I saw the headline, but I, I can... That was the same, yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would be a, a brilliant thing, so... I think it can be good and very good and very bad, I think, depending on the person. One of the guys in Retro and Limb, um, Bob, um, what was his channel again? Let's get game players or something. I can't quite remember, but he, he's done a few videos on Oculus. Uh, that word I can't say. Oculus Rift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's quite interesting. It's it's hard to show it on a video. It's done quite yeah. well. Yeah. You get the you can get the sensation of the movement where they're moving their head and the view changes and everything and and it's very wide um, your field of view is very wide which looks good and you kind of get an impression of that even when it's on a, a normal screen. Yeah, frame rate always looks good, which helps a lot. I want one. I, I worry actually that by the time they're released to the public and you can buy one, that my eyesight is just going to be so shot I won't be able to see it because my eyes are not good. Mm. I struggle seeing things up close, and I need bifocals. I'm old. <laughs> it won't get any better with age either. <laughs> no, that's that's the point. Yeah, I, I think by the time it's out, I just might not be able to use it. It'll be a shame. Oh, that's quite a depressing thought, isn't it? <laughs> there, there are lots of other good things to do. So, uh, you know, no Oculus Rift for me. I'll survive. <laughs> no. I, I imagine I'll still have, you know, I'll give it a go and see what it's like because I think it's fascinating. I absolutely agree. It'd be brilliant to escape into some other world where you can escape this crappy one. Yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars on Oculus Rift. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I can think of a few different games you could have. Mm. Like uh, a women's beach volleyball game. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, that would be quite appealing. <laughs> anyway, I think before we um, get any things like that, I better wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve, for coming on. Thank and you, John, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> and good luck with the channel, and hope you get to 15,000 soon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Fingers crossed. Okay, and thanks, everybody, for watching. And good night.